Welcome to the 111111 Telesummit. 11 leaders, 11 messages, 11 days. Leading the way to enlightenment in 2012 with your host, Mari Cooper, founder of AHA Moments, Inc. and host of the AHA Moments radio show. If you are ready to get some answers and live your life joyfully, one AHA moment at a time, you have come to the right place. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, welcome to day eight of the eleven, eleven, eleven telesummit. Eleven leaders, eleven messages, eleven days leading the way to enlightenment in 2012. And you all know by now, I'm Mari, and welcome, welcome, welcome. We're more than halfway through our telesummit. We've been working like crazy. We've been answering your emails and thanking you so much. Thank you for all of you who are flying in a plane right now and calling into the show from the internet. That was just astounding. We're really excited about that so thank you and for all of you who are traveling around to your various friends homes and listening to the show each night we really we love that thank you so much and we so appreciate the support and and just really sending us so much warmth and love with our fireside chats that we're having here each night all about all kinds of things that um that you can do to prepare yourself and to just step into greater consciousness and uh you know i start every show off with housekeeping we just finished the radio show i did a quick uh presto change hat change here and for this show our little housekeeping is really short tonight we're going to get jump right into talking with miss cindy dale in a minute uh you know the replays are now on the blog pages you will definitely get the link in uh in your emails but you can go right to cindy's page tomorrow and you can actually see listen in to her replay um right from the blog page so you just go to www. the 111111telesummit.com. Click on Cindy's picture and then you will be taken right to her page and her uh, replay button will be sitting right there. So hopefully that's going to solve a whole lot of confusion. And again, you will get the broadcast email with the link as well. And as far as the replay from tonight's radio show that I just finished over uh, at contacttalkradio.com, that is archived in iTunes. Yes, we do. We have Uh, in iTunes, you will be taken to our page and you can subscribe to our podcast. You can also just listen in to uh, tonight's show as well. We'll also be sending an MP3 of that show out um, tomorrow. Now, please bear with me with that because I have to wait for the show, for the studio to um, put that that MP3 out. And once I get that, then I'll hand it over to Rebecca and she'll get that out to everybody via email. Okay, so just uh, bear with us. With that, and you know, going forward after today, we have Allison, the Rock Girl. We're talking all about crystals, the crystalline grid, the matrix, the crystal skulls, all the messages, how our bodies align with crystals, and all that stuff. So, all you guys out there who love that kind of that kind of conversation, you definitely don't want to miss tomorrow's show. And then, of course, we have Jacqueline Joy doing a diamond alignment activation on Thursday, and of course, the beloved Lee Carroll with Cryon on Friday. So we've got a nice action-packed week for you, talking lots about 2012, all the changes and all the things that we can do to prepare and just enjoy ourselves right now because 
this is our time. You know, this is the time for light workers. This is the time for consciousness. This is the time for amplification. This is a time of joy and transition and transformation. And most importantly, this is a time of empowerment. And that's what we're really here to do. We're not here for, you know, all the big predictions and all the, the naysayers and trying to pontificate about all little minutia of what's going to happen on this day and is, is that going to happen? Are all this, this, the, the polar shift in the planet flipping and all that? That's not this, <laughs> that's not for this conversation. I don't go there. I'm talking about how we can infuse you with knowledge and wisdom for yourself so that you can master all of these wonderful new things um, that we're discovering about our bodies, about our intuition, about our power, our personal power, our energetic power, our psychic power. And tonight, Cindy Dale is with me. She is the author of Energetic Boundaries. She is absolutely amazing. She is a beacon of light for me. I had her on my radio show a few weeks ago, and it's like we've had many lifetimes of of, uh, connection and sisterhood, and we just hit it off so well. And we're going to talk all about energetic boundaries tonight. And, you know, as light workers, it's really important for us to understand this concept of energy, our energy fields, and how to protect ourselves, you know, how to protect, you know, just our, not just our physical bodies, but our light. Because, you know, when you have a lot of light, you can try, attract quite a few moths, <laughs> you know, and you have to know how to, to support yourself and protect yourself, but also let that light, let the energy still continue to flow. So we're going to talk about that and lots more. Cindy, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. I love being number eight. If you flip it over, it's an infinity <laughs> sign. So we we have a, we have a ton of stuff we can talk about with that as our sign, can't don't we? Uh, we sure do. We couldn't have better energy. We have a full moon coming up in a few days. We've got the eleven, eleven, eleven. We've got the eight. We've got all kinds of things going on. So, so we sure do, and we've got light. So just as you said, Mari, I think that's just beautiful. You know, it's about protecting our light, but also being able to magnetize what 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 we're really here to create through it as well. Oh, absolutely. So let's start from the beginning so everybody gets their bearings. You have, um, by the way, you have a bunch of questions coming in, and everybody who doesn't know how to ask a question on right there on your computer, on uh, your dashboard there is a box. You can type your question in. We'll be getting to those in a little bit. So just uh, wanted to say that. So, Cindy, tell us about your story. How did you get into this whole, um, you know, you're brilliant intuitive. I know that firsthand, everybody. Um, and this energetic boundaries, though, this this whole concept, how did you how did you start? Well, you know, it's really a, a self-defense mechanism, to be really honest. I was one of those kids, I think a lot of our listeners can relate to this, who was, I was so psychic as a kid, uh, you know, that I, I really kind of couldn't get my bearings in most of the, you know, kind of normative uh, uh, aspects of life. So I was one of those kids who could see colors around my parents and hear spirits and ghosts. I loved having tea parties with angels. It was always kind of fun to see you know, how they would pretend to sip out of the cups, you know, the little tiny doll cups that I would use. And, you know, it was a mixed blessing. And on one hand, you know, I really was able to see all these wonderful, charming beings, the ones that are here to help us, the the fairies of the realm, the, the happy moments. I could see some of the wonderful things that were about to happen for myself, for my loved ones. But there was another flip side. Maybe that's why I have the infinity sign in the yin-yang, you know, kind of the eight. Um, mm-hmm. 
because there's also darkness out there, as you're already implying, Mari. You know, there's also beings, there's forces, and I hate to say it, but people who don't, you know, always wish the best for whatever right. reason. Um, you know, they kind of want to destroy other people's joy and, uh, you know, kind of squish, squish uh, those who are around them. And so I was rather puzzled, if not sometimes very threatened, by by what I now call the dark forces as well. So I didn't have really, you know, a lot of, of I, I, I couldn't go to anybody to talk about these things. I was white, Wonder Bread Lutheran, and, you know, it just <laughs> didn't fit in the Bible that I was raised with. Um, you know, they had a devil in there and they had the angels, but nobody talked about it unless you were actually reading the print, you know, in the good scripture. And so my family thought I was odd. They thought I was weird. They thought I was making things up. They thought I was hyper-imaginative. They did everything they could, you know, once I would guess right a few times about what was happening or what wasn't happening that should. Um, you know, they did what they could do to squelch me as well. Uh, you know, but even being squelched, you know, doesn't stop the flow of energy, which is just information that moves. I was still able to pick up on what was happening outside of me, whether that be noticing people's feelings or emotions or their needs. And so that really began a lifelong quest to figure out what this problem was that I had and how to transform it into something of beauty and that could serve myself and other people. Wow. Yeah, you know, I I love that idea of the the combination of protection but yet flowing. That's really, really, really powerful. And can we, to, just to set things up, because I know this is something that's really uh, powerful in your book, can we talk about this, what is energy and these energy fields that we're dealing with? Because you have several more than what I normally have read about. Yes, absolutely. And and I'm really going to draw first from science to talk about energy and energy fields. Okay. Energy is information that moves. And science has now proven that absolutely everything is made out of information that, you know, it, in the information in the chair tells the chair to be a chair. The information in my head, you know, kind of communicates, you know, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to act. So absolutely every particle or subatomic particle contains information that's communicating. But everything's also in motion. So you could see, you know, a pen as, you know, as as a unit of, of information that's saying, I'm a pen, I'm a pen, I'm a pen. But everything inside of that pen as well as the pen itself is moving. And when you have movement, you're creating an energetic field. So, for instance, in our body, every single cell is interconnected with electricity and generates electricity. And when you have electricity generating or charging, you produce magnetic fields. So every cell in our body, every organ, every thought in our brain, every feeling that we have, you know, every parts and particle of our body, our skin is generating a magnetic field. I think what's important to know when we're talking about energy, the way I'm talking about energy, is there's slow energy and there's fast energy. There's what I call Newtonian energy, which is, you know, kind of you can measure it. The apple falls up the tree, hits the head, and it's a reproducible phenomenon. Science can say, oh, we can measure that. We can prove that. But there's also fast energy or information that moves. And that's what we call psychic energy or spiritual energy because it moves faster than the speed of light. 
And what's super cool, Mari, as science has now proven as of the last couple, three months, that energy, mass, can actually move faster than the speed of light. You wow. can – it really does. So the, the, the stuff that we've been talking about that you've been sharing with your listeners for these past seven, eight nights that, that talks about light and intuition and consciousness, that's all predicated on energy moving faster than the speed of light or going so quickly you can actually you know solve a problem before you even get it. Science is now proving that that's really real. So we have energy fields that we can measure because they go slower than the speed of light, but we also have energy fields that we can't yet measure very well except based on their effect that go faster than the speed of light. Those energy fields that are super fast, they interconnect all of us. They connect everything and everyone. That's what's really exciting. We're in unity. We're in union all the time because of these energy fields. Mm. It's amazing. It's it's just so powerful. So, um, when we, so now that we have all these energy fields, then the idea of boundaries comes into it. How? Because it's oh. all interconnected. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> okay. So you know, I, and I really kind of cut my teeth, not just on you know, kind of the 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 kind of Christian maelstrom, but I studied a lot of shamanism and healing around the world, and you know, kinda, you know, and and kind of grew up with the new age, you could really say. So in my early student days, learning how to do psychic and healing, we weren't taught we were supposed to have energy boundaries. We're supposed to be one with everything, heart to heart, unified. God is love. We our love open to everything and you're going to be great well it doesn't really yeah okay <laughs> well there i am going gosh i'm sick all the time i ache i'm getting premonitions that don't belong to me what am i supposed to do about them i'm picking up everybody's illnesses feelings problems there was no me in the middle of this big us that's what happens when we don't have good energy boundaries. We really can't figure out who we are versus who anybody or anything else is at the same time. So we have to establish some kind of parameters or borders that mm-hmm. say, this is who I am, that's who somebody else is, now let's figure out how we're going to communicate. I want people to read certain types of information from me, but not other kinds of information. Um, you know, we have about 80,000 thoughts, or not more, a day, and 90% of those are negative. So what happens if people are just reading that stream of negative thinking that I don't even know that I have? You know how they're going to treat me, Mari? They're not going to treat me very well. They're going to read that information that I'm sending out there through these energy fields to say, I'm a bad person, I don't deserve to be supported, you don't have to pay me, I'll just do this for free. And they're going to go right along with that. So we've got to not only understand that we have to have borders, but that we have to control and monitor what information we're sending out as well as what it is we want to take in. So that's why we need energetic boundaries. You know, Otherwise, we're flooded. And some, for some of us, if we get too flooded or too misunderstood, we shut down. We almost go catatonic. We kind of go... What's the point? Why not just be depressed? Why not why not why not just live this little life and be safe? But we're not supposed to live little lives. We're supposed to live great big lives. That's kind of the message of two thousand twelve. It's you know, 
open up. The world is changing. Let's transform with it, and let's be as great as we really can be. But we need boundaries to do that. I love the idea, again, of boundaries creating progress. You know, it's such a paradox, but it, it really is because you do have to incubate what you're doing. I know with this telesummit, I've had to do that, and that's uh, – that's that's super powerful. So you said there, I know there's four energetic boundaries. Can we talk about what they are? Absolutely. I've reduced this plethora of this, probably millions <laughs> of energetic boundaries, which I don't even want to bother defining into, right. yeah, it's not worth it, okay, into four main boundaries. And, and they're very functional. Uh, and, you know, they represent, you know, different bands of what people in the esoteric circle and community call the auric fields or the magnetic waves. There's all kinds of descriptors of these. But you know what? There's really only four main types of energetic boundaries. And these emanate from next to our body, you know, kind of farther away. So you can even kind of track them while I'm describing them. Mm-hmm. Closest to us are our physical boundaries. And that's a band of energetic boundaries that does exactly what it is like it sounds like. These physical energetic boundaries monitor what's happening in our body, what's happening to us physically. But that includes finances, our our economies, our career, our sexuality, our primary relationship, you know, and everything that has to do with, you know, kind of knock on wood, you know, the American or the world dream that says you you got to have your material needs met. And that's what the physical boundaries monitor and manage for us. Right outside the physical boundaries is a layer that deals with emotions. So it's the emotional boundary. And it's exactly what it sounds like. An emotion is actually a feeling plus a thought. So this boundary is a little trickier than it sounds like. It's that fluid energy band that's sharing with the world what we're feeling and what we're thinking, but also picking up from others what they're feeling and what they're thinking. Uh, It's also very inspirational. This is also the energy field that helps us uh, kind of like you used a great word a few minutes ago, Mari, incubate, kind of gestate our creativity and and form our thoughts and our feelings into something of beauty we want to share with the world. So innovations and creativity come out of this boundary. Right outside of that is our relational boundary, which is exactly what it sounds like. You could call it the social boundary. That's interconnecting us with other people, uh, people we know, people we might know in the future, you know, people we met in the past. So this is a very busy boundary. It's it's kind of like always chatting and talking. <laughs> you know, it's it's listening in on others' conversations. It's kind of figuring out who we want to meet tomorrow. It connects us to the divine. You know, and you know, kind of kind of integrates you know our spiritual essence into our relationships, uh, you know, and, and through that kind of down into our emotions and our physical self too. And what's on the rim, what's on the outer part of who we are, but our spiritual boundary, which is exactly as it sounds. It's the place where we form our essence. You know, we are who we are on the inside, but we all, all, all also are who we are on the very outside of ourselves. And so this is the energy that kind of touches the hem or the garment of heaven, that interpenetrates the different spiritual realms, 
whether those be heavenly spheres or what in my field sometimes people call places like the astral plane, which isn't always really a happy place to connect to. So this, yeah, you got it. This spiritual realm opens us up to what I call the good guys, you know, kind of the ones with the wings that fly around with the little magic wands, but also some of the dark forces too. So, you know, at every level, it's it's up to us to decide what we want to connect with or who we want to connect with, what we want to let in and what we want to send out. But we do it with these with these four bands of energy that surround us. I you know, this is I love the the descriptions because it it just gives you such a much better um uh, I think I, for me I'm a visual person so just having those those the visual the visual of it, it helps me to see. Now, let's talk about what happens when, like, the effects of when our boundaries become weak. You know, like, so we have all this going on. I know there's ways to strengthen the boundaries, but how can we tell if something's not, you know, shored up for us? Well, you can look at your life. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm kind of sighing because I'm working on my boundaries continually. I mean, I wrote the book, but I wrote the book as much for me as I did for all the people who need to read it. You know, you really, you really teach what you're learning and you learn what you teach. So it kind of is that nice infinity sign again. But you really can look at your life. I have isolated what I just call seven syndromes or conditions that describe, you know, what might be happening if you have some boundary issues or holes, distortions, uh, weak areas, and, and think visually about this. I think that's terrific, Mari. You know, think about these four layers that have different colors, and if there's a hole that's punctured in one because when we were a kid somebody was mean to us or violated us or we got in an accident or we weren't allowed to have our feelings or no one at school talked to us or we were attacked or attached to by an entity, I mean, just to put the real thing out there, right. you know, our boundaries are are impacted by that, and until we change what happened, the same thing's going to happen to us over and over again. So a couple of these, these what I call syndromes, I think are pretty self-explanatory. Of the seven, one of the kind of most uh, explicit one I call the vampire syndrome, and it's exactly that. I mean, if you go into work and you're drained within five minutes, well, guess what? Your energy's leaking. It's leaving you. There's a hole, and it's one way. Or you go into your family system, and within five minutes, you're the one out on the couch, and you've got a headache, and everyone else is running around just happier than can be. You're losing energy. Other people are stealing your energy. They may not know it, but you've got a syndrome or a situation established in your energy field that's recreating something that damaged you, a situation that caused you to think that you had to give your energy away in order to survive. You know, And we don't rethink these things very often. They're on automatic. I find a lot of people like you and I have, uh, I know, here we are chatting, have what I call the healer syndrome. And this is just a lovely one because not only are you vampirized, so out goes the good energy, but in comes the bad energy. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, I used to be exhausted at the end of a work day. I do healing work, intuitive work. So my client would come in and maybe they'd have cancer, depression, you know, and within three minutes, I would feel like I had cancer, I had depression, and they would be as spry as could be. Because 
you know, I was giving them the healing energy and taking on some of their their conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, when I grew up, I had like 15 allergies. I was one of three girls. I was miserable all the time, absolutely all the time. When I started therapy as a client, mind you, when I was 18, I had a therapist look at me and say, you know, you're not just codependent and a string of other things, of course. She said, I think you're psychic. I think I think you're holding energy that's not yours. And, you know, darned if when I started to work on my issues, and this was just psychologically, not even energetically, almost every single one of my allergies disappeared, and they showed up in my family members who had never had them before. I was carrying their allergies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a, no, uh, there's a number of conditions, you know, that kind of indicate, you know, that we have some boundary issues. You know, maybe our patterns keep repeating or we're constantly being attacked by dark forces or we hear other people's thoughts. You know, I call that like a psychic syndrome. You know, there's even a syndrome I call the environmental syndrome, you know, that that I think some people would probably relate to, you know, that that means you're very, very susceptible to that which is inorganic, uh, cell phones, power lines, computers, you know, anything that's, that's, that's you know, kind of human-made yeah. and disturbs your energy field. And, you know, some people are even environmentally sensitive to what's going on, barometric pressure, but also in the universe, in the, in the planets. I mean, when Mercury goes retrograde, these people can't get up. They're backwards, too. Wow. So, I think almost anything can really be a symptom if it's repetitive and if it's not responding to traditional medical care or holistic care or therapy, you probably got to look at what's happening with your boundaries. I mean, you can keep trying to fix what's inside of you, but sometimes you have to fix what's right around you to make the problem go away. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I know on one of the other calls this week, um, somebody had asked about being very, very sensitive to seismic pressure, to earthquakes, and like having physical uh, manifestations that happened before a major earthquake. Is that a boundary? That's a boundary issue. That's the environmental one. I have a lot of clients who just start freaking out or they don't sleep, you know, two, three days before a full moon and they don't even know it, or they sense all those seismographic changes. I have some of that. I can't tell you how many times, you know, for a day or two before I find out that there's been an earthquake or, you know, the tsunami of a few years ago, that I am just on pins and needles. I'm just anxious. I can't figure out why. I go through my little list. Are my kids okay? Is my boyfriend okay? Are my friends okay? Is my mom okay? You know, and and if I check that list off, then I go, well, it's something that's going to happen that I can't do anything about. I send prayer. You know, I do. I send prayer. I think that's really important. I'm in Minneapolis, and a few years ago we had a bridge go down very unexpectedly. And I had a number of, of clients call me, to first of all, and friends to see if I was okay. But, in, but, but a lot of them also said, you know, I had a weird feeling, you know, about you, about your hometown, about Minneapolis, you know, and I just, you know, kind of sent a few prayers or, you know, asked for the angels or whatever, you know, their cultural and religious, you know, kind of way of interfacing with the divine was. And I think all that counted. I think some people are alerted to it, you know, not just, so it annoys and bothers them, but so that they can kind of serve as a conduit to say, mm-hmm. hey, let's send some grace. Because that bridge, 
very few people actually died compared to what could have happened. There was a school bus with kids that was right at the beginning of the bridge and it didn't go on to the bridge. I believe that some of the people picking up on some of these things, you know, it's really not um, just a problem, but it might be an opportunity to say whatever it is, you know, I ask for grace, you know, to meet that situation. And, you know, then you can let go of some of the symptoms, too. You know, it's funny because one of the things we were talking about on the on the radio show tonight was how light workers hold space and how we amplify. So if we're if we're being honest with ourselves and stepping into our own power as light workers, that we just radiate and amplify energy in situations like that, um, is, do you find that to be true as well? Absolutely. I mean, I think that kind of the so-called Western thinking has done some of us a real disservice because it's so action-oriented. It's about do, do, do. And I'm kind of one of the worst. I mean, I'm a, I'm a single mom. I have a million things to do every day. And if, you know, if I don't have it on my list, my youngest 12-year-old invents it for me as we go. <laughs> oh, mom, there's a concert tonight. Oh, really? Oh, there's a game. It's in five minutes. Oh, really? I mean, you know, we're very action-oriented. And to, to think that our true calling might involve being more about this spiritual energy, this holding of space, this wishing for higher outcome, this asking for divine will, you know, this way of literally holding an energy field that goodness can happen within and outside of, you know, that, that we just don't think that way. But, but when you look at somebody like the Dalai Lama or a number of the people we call gurus, I mean, the, the ones that, that I would call genuine, um, like, an, like Amma, she's an, uh, a Hindu master who just gives hugs to people. She hugs people. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you know what she's doing? Her heart, her heart field is opening other people's heart fields. Now, isn't that doing more than, you know, maybe a vaccine could do or kind of running, you know, running a marathon? I mean, not that I have anything against these actions and and good behaviors, but, but, but we really need to start, I think, getting that we're bigger than our bodies. We're, we're huge beings of light, and it's how we are in that light, how we share that light that's going to make the difference, you know, especially in, you know, the, the times that people are scared about and they think there's going to be a lot of turbulence. Well, you know, do we do we go and volunteer to be a relief worker if we can? But, you know, most of us need to be in our lives. And, and yet we can be holding space for goodness while we're in our everyday lives, while we're – I mean, who's to say an altar can't be, um, you know – kind of a grocery store i mean and you're wishing well for people while you're shopping for your groceries yes we're so much bigger than we think because of our energy fields absolutely absolutely so i want to i think i'm going to go down this road i wasn't planning on going down the road but it feels right can we talk a little bit about these dark energies because i know that we say these words and what what does that really entail because it on the one hand it could be things like judgment fear um Mm -hmm. Sadness. On the other hand, we're talking about actual energies, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And let's separate that out. I mean, we all have resentments, judgments, doubts, fears, and you know, I say embrace them. 
I don't see those as dark in the sense of evil or stained or, you know, negative. It's really hard to talk about this stuff without even using words that spin with judgment. (laughs) You know, but any feeling can just be, can be grown up. To, and matured to mean something, you know, joyful or open us to blessing or appreciation or whatever it might be. And so, you know, energies like that that are a little bit more about feelings, you know, I say embrace them and mature them. For instance, last night my uh, my young son has been getting a lot of A's lately because mother helps young son a lot, <laughs> and like a lot, and he turned in a project that he didn't have me help him with, and he got a D. Now, he's ADHD. We haven't had to do any sort of, you know, drugs or meds. You know, it's just a really time-intensive labor of love, you know, to kind of have him read the directions and do some of these, you know, kind of really concrete sort of things. And, you know, when he told me, he was really scared to tell me, and I felt really sad. I felt, I just felt sad. That's not a negative feeling. You know, it just means, gosh, I really care about Gabe. I care about how he feels. And I was able to sit down with him, and we both could share what we felt sad about. And he said he felt a little embarrassed. And, you know, we were able to literally talk it through and mature it to a learning. You know, because as long as you can learn from something, it's something that's beautiful. And so, you know, in this case, the learning was have mom proofread your work, but whatever. (laughs) Um, You know, so these things that we call negative aren't. The dark forces I'm really talking about, I would usually use a word more like, you know, entities, demons, jinn, dark forces, dark consciousness, and some people can literally be themselves, you know, somewhat or partially like a dark force or a dark entity, you know, and and oftentimes, though, when we're talking about these forces, we're talking about that which is invisible, but which throughout history, people around the world have said is real, and I believe that these forces are real. Now, having said that, the way I describe, say, an entity, a fallen angel or a dark entity or a jinn, is I believe that these are beings who have spirit, And the spirit part of us is always good and knows it's connected to the divine. But the soul part of us, the part of us that goes through experiences and can get damaged and scared and embarrassed and angry and resentful, doesn't always want to go back to the divine or to the source for light and love. You know, maybe maybe we're too scared, maybe we're angry, maybe we're just, you know, whatever it is. We just want to do our own thing. Those entities, because they're not going to the source for light have to get energy somewhere else and it might be a living person you know or like a dead person in other words right Mm -hmm. and so so these are the kind of entities or energies that you know almost all scripture talks about you know that that bother the rest of us and try to scare us or make us rageful or angry or make us lose our temper because when we do that you know what happens with our energy fields they open up they get crazy, and our life energy, see that kind of as a red flame? You know, literally the energy that fuels us, the electrical energy, starts to discharge, and these entities, these energies can then use that energy as fuel. So I'm being a little oddly technical about it, but they're really just entities that are too scared, you could say, to go to God for love and care, and in the end kind of have to steal energy from from the living um, in order to keep themselves going. So the biggest, you know, one of the most extreme examples, for instance, is Hitler. 
I mean, and I, I mean, I almost hate bringing it up, but, you know, he was actually guided by a force. His name was Providence. Hitler was at the tail end of World War One, and he was in a bunker, and he heard a voice that said, get out of here. He got out. A minute later, everybody that was in the bunker was killed. And so he kept turning to that entity, that voice, that force for guidance, and it led him exactly into what then became World War II and the establishment of the crematoriums and the gas chambers. And what happens in there, but people, people, they, they get scared. Their life energy is literally just, bump, just, just flashing everywhere. So it's almost like that energy is serving those dark forces. Now, to pull away from the fear of it, any of us can get scared, you know, and, and, you know, kind of get scared to go to, 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 you know, a higher force for help. Um, and so I work with these kind of issues every day with almost every client, you know, and I typically find that if we isolate something like this going on with somebody, you know, it's really truly just a matter of sending that being back to the light, you know, asking the forces of light to kind of say, you know what, will you take this this energy, this entity, this consciousness that's lost its way and help it find its way again. So we always have to come with love and compassion. You know, even if there's entities and energies that, that we're told are evil, they've lost their way and they're scared to go back. And And so I'm not terribly scared of those kind of things. Um, you know, because, you know, I know parts of myself that are very scared, you know, and kind of hide sometimes in the dark or maybe sometimes provoke a fight with somebody just so I can feel a little more powerful. So mm-hmm. even though I'm talking about these situations in a bigger way, you know, the truth is, you know, everything can be healed with love if we can approach it um, in, in the right way. Well, that's a perfect segue because I know everybody, uh, our call volume just went up actually quite a bit. Uh, everybody is wondering now, okay, so now I get these things exist or might exist, so what do we do about it? How do we strengthen? What are some of the techniques for strengthening our boundaries so that, um, and, and actually, before I ask that question, I just want to say this. The, as light workers, and I know this with this telesummit, Rebecca and I have gone through a lot of ups and downs with this, you know, and especially when we have some, you know, big, new information showing up that holds a tremendous amount of light. I've been watching, um, you know, various things sort of land in our field, whether it's a mean email or, or you know, a, a technology yeah. breaking down mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. somebody kind of like sort of chop you off at the knees under the guide of guise of constructive criticism. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Don't you love that kind of con- con- no. criticism? No, because that's, <laughs> yes. that dark, that's that dark energy. It is dark. So that's much dark. Spinning. It's demeaning. Yeah. It's demeaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for light workers, when you're going for a big project, this happens. And people say, oh, <sighs> it must be that I'm not a light worker, that I'm wrong, that I shouldn't go for my dreams, that I, you know, I'm, I'm being thrown to the wolves, and it's not. It's actually well, I'll tell you, progress, Mari, right? absolutely, absolutely. I just worked with a, a professional, a medical professional, about a week ago who has had everything go wrong in her life in the past month. Um, you know, found out her, I mean, I could just go on and on. And it's very, it's hard, it's challenging. You know, she was even getting dreams of dark forces, you know, kind of whispering to her, you're no good, you're not going to, you know, be able to help people, cure people. And she's just a step away from finishing her first book that's holistic, all right? Well, 
it's a great sign when some of those, you know, kind of dark forces or those those kind of resistance factors or negative emails or or constructive criticisms start showing up, especially when it's in spades, you know, especially when it's like really obvious because it means that you're right there. It means that the dark knows that you're almost free, you know, from the place that you've been you know, kind of closeted or yeah. hidden, you know, and you're ready to burst out. So, you know, think of it this way. Why is the dark going to fight you, you know, if it's got you under control? <laughs> it's exactly. just not going to show up. You know, if you're sitting in your room doing nothing, you know, I don't know, smoking cigars, eating chocolate, you know, kind of watching TV and not, you know, changing any the world, you know, much less yourself, it's got you right where it wants you. You know, it's when you're walking out the door bright and shiny I mean, you know, just just ready to blaze open and help people that it gets really scared. And that's when it starts to go for people. So when mm-hmm. that kind of stuff happens to people, I always say, congratulations. This means you're powerful. It means you're almost there. And it means that we need, in those moments, we need to get even more dependent on whatever it is you call God, the divine, the spirit. That's when we absolutely have to go to that higher place and source from only there because otherwise we're, we we could easily get deceived or tricked i work with a sufi therapist um kind of for my guidance and mentorship she's wonderful Her name is cindy um cindy lidman and you know she's she she presents the dark is the shaitan that's what the sufi the way of the heart um followers talk about it and it's known as the voices. These are the these these are the shaitans. You know, are those forces that whisper to us, and they try to get in through the cracks where we don't feel good about ourselves. And so, whenever you know they're present, and we're you know kind of feeling like giving in or negative thinking, or you know why am I doing what I'm doing, or we get that you know those tests that come come in even bolder. I mean, she always says, you know, what a wonderful opportunity to just close up those cracks which I call the energetic boundaries. I mean, it's just different ways of saying the same thing. So, you know, if you're getting you're getting marvelous feedback too, Mari. I mean, I can swear just based on my intuition, people love what you're bringing them and giving, you know, and if there's, you know, a little bit of, of those, you know, kind of, kind of, you know what I mean, infiltrating, um, you know, other messages, it just means that you're reaching out farther. And that the people you're touching are touching even more people. So, you know, we're all here. We're all here to share the unique light that we are. The dark doesn't like that. It just doesn't like it at all. And I wanted to use it as a teaching tool because I think that this happened to me so I could bring it out to all of the light workers who are, who are stepping out on courage and faith and, and taking that leap and taking that leap even under resourced or, you know, you're, you're going and you're, you're getting your courage up and you don't know exactly where you're going to land, but you're going anyway. And then these types of things happen. And, it, and the point is not so much me personally because I get through it. I'm fine. I'm here. <laughs> it's you guys don't quit. Don't stop. This is your time. There's not, never been more time to energetically burst forward. And this is the time that we, that's why we brought this conference together. That's why I, you know, if I go through a hard time, I'll call Dane, I'll call Cindy, I'll call Sandy, you know, I'll call Summer or whoever. And we all, we, we work together, you know, to support each other, to bring that strength so that we can 
you know, set that example and flow that energy. And so everybody is amplifying at a level with support. Um, There's a great series of young adult books. They're by Susan Cooper. It's called the Dark is Rising series, and they're set in England, you know, with a lot of King Arthur themes and Merlin, and oh, I just love that stuff. And the theme is, yeah, isn't it great? The themes, <laughs> well, it's universal. It's true. It's it's scriptural, no matter which culture and religion you're approaching, you know, kind of these ideas from. And it basically says that when the light gets brighter, the dark tries to get stronger. When the dark gets stronger, the light gets brighter. And, you know, ultimately, I, I really do believe, not even that, I, I kind of sound like a kind of a, you know, I'm on a battlefield or something, and I don't mean to make it quite that dramatic or heroic. Right, um, but right. I really do believe the light's already won. I mean, if we can yes. come at it from that place, yes. that we really are made of love. I mean, yes. what whatever material love is, we are made of it. Yes. <laughs> That's it. And it has, you know, many different temper, temperaments and temperance, and it's it's the stuff that we're made of. And so, you know, when people get scared about, you know, some of the things they may have coming up in their lives or that they're going through or the recession or 2012 or 2028, you know, whatever it might be, wow, the light always matches and supersedes or gets brighter than the dark. It always does. Yes. So let's let's go into some some techniques, and then I know we have a zillion questions coming in. So I want to get to that and let everybody get their their questions answered. Um, can we talk about some of the techniques that you suggest for strengthening our boundaries as light workers? Absolutely. In in my book, Energetic Boundaries, I have a ton of techniques. I mean, almost too many to go through. Right, you know, right. I believe we can use different colors, different stones, different affirmations. Um, you can, you know, different sort of exercise techniques. There's even different foods to eat that will strengthen different boundaries or help you manifest and magnetize money, um, to be really honest. Wow. Um, you know, so I know we can do really physical things, too. You know, protein, for instance, and, and uh, multivitamins and minerals will actually strengthen your physical energetic field. I mean, there there you are. Vitamin C, you know, and some of those sorts of elements and substances will strengthen your emotional field. So there's a lot that we can do with our real everyday lives that are really going to be useful. One really fun, I'll just throw this out because it's kind of a fun little technique mm -hmm. that I encourage people to use if they're very sensitive to technology, to computers, to, you know, to that which surrounds them. And it sounds kind of goofy, but carry pink flannel or put it on your computer or have a piece of it, you know, kind of on your shoulder if you're talking on the phone or put it over your stomach if you're literally working on a laptop or your computer. It absorbs all of those frequencies, the EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, you know, and they won't come into you. So there's, wow. there's, there's yeah, isn't that cool? Pink so flannel. Like pink flannel. I don't know why yeah. purple, pink, or, or green don't work, but pink flannel, all right? <laughs> Another really, really important physical technique, and I'm giving some of the really simple ones, and I want to share a few kind of more energetic ones in a minute, too, that I encourage people to do, is, you know, when you really feel grimed, I don't know the best word to use, but you've saturated yourself in everybody else's everything. And I don't care if those are entity energies, others' emotions, everybody else's stress. What I tell people to do is, is take what I call a black tea bath. T 
T-E-A. Epsom salts are great, but they only work so so deep. Um, but there's something with black tea and even the caffeine in it. I tell people to boil four to six bags. Lipton is fine. I don't care what kind of tea you use, to be really honest. I'm not, you know, kind of a, a, a tea buff, so it doesn't matter to me. You know, on the on, on the stove, you, you know, draw a bath of, of pretty hot water, put the tea in, in it so you've got fairly dark water you want really really kind of rich loamy water get in it for about 10 to 15 minutes and you will literally feel everybody else's energies just being sucked and pulled right out of you wow it's, it's like it's better than clay you know how a lot of people use clay you know yes. to purify yeah uh, i wouldn't do it every night you know but right. once a week or so and then you may have to rebalance. You can put a little baking soda on or, or there's some oatmeal lotions or, you know, something that's going to rebalance your electrolytes a little or take some minerals. Liquid minerals are always better. Magnesium is excellent for recalming and refortifying your system, liquid magnesium. But, you know, those are two of the most beneficial physical techniques you can use short of you, you can look in my book or any other book frankly on gemstones it sounds like they can tune in tomorrow night you know to figure <laughs> out you know what stones to carry yeah. and where you know etc you know in terms of stones you're always safe by the way with with rose quartz rose mm -hmm. quartz is loving and it's about love it has red energy in it which is really powerful it'll fortify your 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 physical boundary and say don't mess with me and rose quartz has white tones to it, which go to the outer rim of who you are, so your spiritual boundaries, and it says to the invisibles, don't mess with me. So you can always use pink quartz or rose quartz, you know, if you, if you kind of need that little oomph of a physical energetic to help you, you know, no matter what. And then, Mari, there's a technique I use constantly all the time. It's so easy. People go, this is it, that's it, that's like, how, this is it, <laughs> and it works. It works. I use it when I'm with the group. I use it like I'm using it when I'm on the radio. It doesn't control anybody else. Right. You know, it just helps you set boundaries in such a way that they're exactly, you know, like, uh, you know, they, they go with higher will. And... All it takes is taking a couple deep breaths inside of your heart and affirming your own spirit, just saying, I am the spirit that I am. Then you take a couple deep breaths and you affirm the other's spirit. And, you know, you and I could be doing this, but I can be doing it simultaneously to all the listeners. When I mm -hmm. teach a class, I could be doing this to everybody in the class. I'm, my own agenda doesn't matter. We're just establishing myself within kind of this warm, beautiful cocoon of grace. Everybody else is getting established in their own cocoon of grace. And then I ask for the Holy Spirit, the greater spirit, whatever the word is that fits for somebody, to be present. And I just acknowledge that presence. And what happens now is literally we're just we're just surrounded by grace, which to me is a living consciousness. It's the light that 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 is greater than anything we could ever describe or or even begin to understand with you know in in, in human form. And once I've taken those three steps, I for instance can do a session with somebody and I trust any information I get will be what that person needs to hear. 
I trust that any energy healing that I may, you know, feel like I'm supposed to impart doesn't even come from me, you know, but the presence of that holy one or the guides who are called in will do what needs to be done. I can teach a class and know that I'll be in flow and I'll be sharing the information that the people in the class need. It's an awesome technique. I can do it going into, let's say I had a corporate job. I can walk into the building, affirm my spirit, the spirit of everyone present, or the f- spirit of the boss who vamps me, right, <laughs> feels my energy, That's you know, right. or there's another syndrome called the mule syndrome where you just get all the work. You know, I can affirm, you know, the people who usually give me the work. I can do spirit, spirit with them and bring in something, you know, kind of bigger than all of us. Yeah. And, you know, things shift. And if the other person doesn't change, I know how to handle it. I'm much more in my own intuitive self, and yeah. I'm able to flow with it and know what to say. Yeah. That's that's a that's the technique that that I think it's the one technique that you know if I was to just scrap everything and I've written a number of books and they have a billion techniques in them. That's the one technique you know that that everything can reduce to right there. Beautiful, wonderful. Well, it's so funny because. Um, Today, when I got home, I asked my body, what do you desire and require to be strong for tonight's sessions? And I had protein. I had a shot of the liquid minerals. And my rose quartz said, please bring me to the table tonight. And I brought my 10-pound rose quartz to my desk tonight. (laughs) You did all of that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just affirming what you just said is absolutely so. It worked for me. Oh, that is such a hoot. That is, that is great. Awesome. I was like, whoa, whoa, as you're saying it. So, All right, so let's get to some of these questions because we have folks all over the world who are ready to ask away. Uh, let's see here. We have a question from um, Candy in the Netherlands. Candy, thank you so much for being up at the crack of dawn, I mean, in the middle of the night over in the Netherlands. Her question is, is it possible that I have consciously blocked my energy with regards to money flowing into my life as a result of the negative feelings my mother had about money? And if so, how can I unblock this to allow abundance in? Thanks. <laughs> well, it's certainly possible that, that you know, your mother's issues, Candy, and for many of us, are either our mother's issues or our father's issues or our grandparents' issues about money could be blocking us. Most of the time we don't really consciously do that. It's a very subconscious process. I believe our subconscious and our soul are kind of one in the same. So we can come into life with a fear of money because last time we had money we were beheaded, for instance. But those issues aren't going to get triggered or activated usually unless they're mirrored within our family system. So if we have a mom who thinks it's bad to have money or it's evil or if you're going to get close to God you can't have it or, you know, money is for, you know, kind of, you know, the the the, the worst people of the universe or whatever it is, you know, we, our own inner issues from our soul will trigger, but they're going to be encapsulated or, or, or kind of pounded into us by what's in our environment. The thing to remember, and this will lead to forgiveness, and forgiveness leads to the clearing of the issues, all right, is that when we're kids, we actually have to take on our parents' beliefs, their energies, their uh, their stands about things, their fears, you know, their money issues, because we have to adapt to survive. It's not our fault, 
you know, if we adapted to the environment by mirroring mom's, you know, issues about money or mom's fears about money or the poverty that our parents had when we were growing up, we have to adapt to survive. What we do need to know, though, is if we can forgive ourselves for that, that's the first step in releasing those issues. So there's a couple steps that we really need to go through. Sometimes it's helpful to know the storyline, like why did we take this on? Is there a past life or, you know, what happened to mom, you know, and or us or whatever. But second, it's the most important thing is to, is to forgive. You know, it's to forgive ourselves for having to adapt. In the forgiveness of that, we're then able to forgive, in this case, the parent for teaching that to us, for, for stating even if it was energetically or silently or through behavior, that we needed to think that way or be that way um, because they're just impacted by their environment. So I usually, in that step, the forgiveness of the one who taught us what was wrong, I actually send energy, whether that person's alive or not, or ask the divine to send energy to them to invite them to be healed as well. They may or may not take that energy, but but we can offer it. And our heart expands when we do that, which opens up our energetic field. So those are the first and the most important, you know, kind of more spiritually psychological steps to take. And at that point, you know, there's a number of things we can do. You know, once we've kind of worked through a few of those issues, you know, it's important to start giving ourselves behaviorals, behaviors to change, and, you know, walk out in the world and start to say, you know, if I were a millionaire, how would I greet this day? If I had $500,000, how would I hold myself? How would I shift my environment? How would I declutter? I have a good friend who's a feng shui master. She, her name is Carol Heider. She's terrific. You know, and she encourages people to do that, to, to look at their living quarters, you know, from this new place, the one that they're opening, and rearrange it, change it, so that it suits this self that you really know that you are. Uh, so those are a few of the types of things that you can do. Dress the part. When you're working with money, the other thing you want to do is use red. Use a lot of red. Wear a lot of red. Get a red stone. Rubies are great for manifesting money. If you've got, um, you know, pierced ears, you know, or, or, and I suppose you could use clip-ons. They just hurt, I think. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, your ear has almost every meridian point. Rubies, rubies in the ear will get reflected and refracted down through the entirety of your meridian system, you know, all your energy fields, your chakras, etc. You know, and rubies, you know, really do convey the message of wealth. So those are a few of the kind of tricks that you can use that can help shift your physical energy, therefore your energetic field, so that you can start to manifest the money that you you know is yours to manifest. That was insanely, amazingly good. <laughs> and yeah. you know what? Rubies. I, <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. Okay, good mm -hmm. luck, Andy. I don't know how you're not going to succeed with all of that great advice. Um, okay, let's get to the next person here. Vicki Hoskins from Harrisville, Utah, in the U.S. of A., has said, I have been told I was a light worker, but how can I really tell if that's true? How should I feel, and what are some traits I should ha should be aware of, and how do I develop this gift? That's a beautiful question. And, you know, I, I go back to Doreen Virtue and some of what she writes about light workers. It, and, you know, it, and, you know, she puts it 
very angelically because I think from her point of view, light workers are literally people who spin light. They're the people who work with the higher virtues, the higher ideals, you know, that which uh, we're trying to shape this world to be. And, you know, so I think of a light worker as somebody, you know, this is my own interpretation, who's who's reaching through the veils between here and the heavens, grabbing heaven and bringing it to earth. So Love to me, that. that's what a light worker is. And, you know, that if you feel a compulsion, if you feel a need, a compelling desire to help transform this world into what you intuitively know it's supposed to be, if you, if you get a sense, you know, that the divine says, you know, you guys, this world's a little off. You're, you're a little to the left. You've got to go a little to the right. And you have a sense that you're here to help, you know, kind of steer the world into the into the groove, you know, that was laid down originally, or that's being laid down as we go, the yellow brick road that's being laid down, you know, kind of even as we walk it. Then you're a light worker. And frankly, if you're asking the question, you're a light worker. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're a light worker. There you are. Um, you know, one of the ways I like to help people with, you know, that kind of uncovery process of so what does that mean I'm supposed to do is you know I work with a, a chakra system a 12-day chakra system that I put together years ago and I believe that every energy center or chakra that's in or around the body these are units of light that change physical energy into psychic or spiritual and back again contain a different kind of spiritual gift uh, so the first chakra which is in the hip is red and it contains a manifesting gift or a very physical gift. You know, the second chakra, which is orange in the abdomen area, is a creative gift. It's seen as, as you know, kind of the center of our feelings. And so you, you may just want to kind of Google up some of my work. A lot of it's kind of free out there, to be honest. You know, and just, just get a hold of that chakra system that, that I put together with some of the gifts and start exploring, you know, what your gifts are. What are your spiritual gifts? Because the places that you're gifted, are that's where you follow. That you follow your gifts to your calling. You know, if you're if you're a healer, you know it. You know you have to help people. You have to change people. You have a healing gift. You know, if you're a communicator, you're a reader, you're a listener. That, by the way, is a gift that sits up in the throat area. Well, then your calling, your way of being a light worker, is going to be you know doing something with your communication capabilities. You can be a lawyer and a and a light worker. I mean, yep. we're not we, we don't all have the magic wands and call ourselves intuitive consultants. Um right. you can be an accountant and a light worker. And you know, accountants by the way have a gift that sits in the solar plexus. That's a yellow gift, a gift of administration and working with data. So, you know, it's like uncover the gifts and you find your destiny. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Okay, Vicky, you know, go go have at it, kiddo. <laughs> okay, so we have uh a zillion more questions coming in and <laughs> and people subscribing to your free gifts like crazy and my That's phone's great. Going. That's why they're there. Take them, <laughs> use them, enjoy them. Okay, Nadia Vin from Santa Clara. She says, "Dear Cindy, I was at the event with Lee Carroll and we did some group activities. About 12 people who were shamans, healers and clairvoyants told me that um that I could be a channel and that I have healing abilities, but I do not hear any voices and do not have any visions. What I really experience is the powerful flow of energy when I listen to Lee Carroll channeling and I often often have so-called prophetic dreams. Please tell me what I need to do 
or to start with, or maybe they are wrong and I do not have all of these wonderful abilities. Thanks in advance. Oh, what a wonderful question. It's Nadia, right? Of course you yes. have all those gifts. And, you know, life is about the uncovering of them. And, you know, I'm constantly working on my abilities and gifts to strengthen them and, and, and improve them. So let me be a bit technical about this. The healing gift sits in the heart. And that sense that you get about feeling the flow, you know, and feeling how energy is moving, that's a healing gift. What you're literally sensing through your heart chakra, through your body, is how energy physical and probably also spiritual is shifting and moving. So healing gifts aren't always connected to getting visions or words. It's really just about being able to, to move with energy and to sense what has to happen with energy. So put your hands on somebody. Ask permission to put your hands on and get a sense of what's going on and where they need to, you know, kind of have their energy moved and just get in there and try it. The prophetic dreams is a gift that combines clairvoyance, which is vision, which sits in the third eye right in the forehead, as well as the heart. The heart is the energy organ, the field of which picks up on events before they're going to happen. And that's actually science that says that. So when you get the prophetic dreams, you're getting them usually at night, I would imagine. It's because your boundaries are more open, your defenses are down, your clairvoyance, your ability to get the pictures is but a bit more open. You're probably not as nervous to use it or as busy with what you're doing or, you know, things like that. You know, and you're literally able to be in the flow, in your heart, and able to get the visions that are yours to get. The channeling, and you can hear my dog kind of like agreeing with all this upstairs, I think, in the back. He's a yellow lab. He's, he's probably spotted a squirrel or something. The no channeling might be a little blocked for you, and I wouldn't be worried about it. That is sometimes the most challenging energy center to open. It's the throat. We receive guidance, prophetic information, words, tones, messages through the backside of the throat. And for many of us, that's blocked because we just didn't hear many good things maybe when we were growing up. So when I was little, I was very open here, and I shut it down at about age 12. And about 10, 15 years ago, I very deliberately decided to start opening this gift back up. And so I practiced at it. You know, I would do writing you know, because that comes through your heart, you know, your your arms, you know, and I would just ask to write what it is that my guidance wanted me to write. I didn't hear words at first. I would just write stories. I would write poems. I would write messages that were really, really beautiful, you know, and I may not have heard the words first, but I still got the message coming through me. And then over time, I was able to hear words. Let me give you a good way to cheat, too, for all of you. Some people are more visual and they want to develop the, the hearing a little bit more. I often ask guidance to give me a vision or a, a picture, and then I ask them to write the words underneath it so I can read the message. <laughs> like a caption on a cartoon or something, I can literally read the message. And guess what? Anytime you're working with words, you're working with verbal you're being verbal even if you're getting at it from a visual point of view. So, you know, just just ask your guides to kind of help you unlock and unblock. And those are a couple of the different kind of techniques that can that can speed you along a little bit too. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. Love that. 
And I know so many people that are, especially now with this new energy, are opening up to their channeling contracts. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, okay, Nanette from Antelope, California, I believe. Uh, my sister is jealous of me such that her jealousy cuts me off from my affluence. How can I protect myself from this jealousy? You know, jealousy is a huge issue, isn't it? It's, yes, it it's, is. um, it's so tough. And, you know, I, I hate saying this kind of in a gender-biased way, but I usually find, you know, that women are worse than men when it comes to jealousy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had it, you know, I've had, I've been the subject of it myself, um, you know, and it's a real energy. That's the first thing to, to know is that it's actually an energy that can impact us. Um, because when people are projecting jealousy is coming through the emotional field, their emotional field, and it comes in through our emotional field, you know, which is only a step away from our physical field, right? So it can shut down our thoughts, our dreams, our, our own feelings. It can confuse us, you know, and if it gets in closer to the physical field, it can literally make us sick. It can keep us from doing things that we want to do. You know, I've had people who have had jealousy who have been up for, say, parts. You know, they've been actors or actresses or singers. And because of a sibling's or a parent's jealousies, they get right there and they can feel like the, 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 the flow of good energy just shuts, just like you're turning off a faucet and it's just gone. It just disappears. I mean, it's a real energy and it can have a physical effect. So the most important thing is to is to shield up, you know, or kind of work on your emotional boundary. And, you know, first of all, I usually recommend doing some meditation, you know, kind of going into yourself, into your body, treating the jealousy like a real energy and giving permission for the divine, for your guides, for your higher self to take the jealousy out. Look at it like a physical energy, you know, kind of like little locust beads or something, you know, like black beads that have gotten in there and you need to clean. See, white energy or gold energy is super powerful, you know, kind of washing through your insides, washing through your, especially your emotional field, maybe your physical. Get the jealousy out so it can't get back in. That's probably the most important part. There's a second energetic technique that works great with jealousy or any of those kind of emotions that want to knock you off, you know, mm -hmm. or knock you out. And see if you can picture it. Like imagine that you're inside of a pyramid and it's around you, all right, and the, the outside of the pyramid has shingles. And these are silver shingles like mirrors. The silver parts on the outside, so you're inside of a pyramid with, with mirrored shingles. When people send energy at you, it can't go in now. It bounces off that silver plating, goes up to their higher self. It would be nice. You might want to send it right at them, but you really shouldn't. I mean, you just don't want to. You just, you just, it's just not good karma, okay? <laughs> you want it bouncing off to their higher self so that higher self can deal with it. And you're going to be, what's that old phrase, snug as a bug in a rug, completely safe within those that, that shingle. You know, I kind of, I'm sure other people have this technique, but I came up with it for myself a few years ago when I actually had shingles. I mean, who gets shingles? I mean, I was like, whatever, 30 or 35. You, you don't get shingles at that age. It was horrible. It hurt so much. It was all across my abdomen. It was so painful. 
I had it for two, three days. The doctor said it would be, you know, I'd have it for a month or whatever it was. So I sat down and I said, where's this energy coming from? And there was a person that was actually sending me curses, and they were in the form of prayers, which was even worse, um, to be honest. And so I said, you know what? I don't want that energy. That's like hurting me. That's Mm -hmm. hurting me physically. It was going straight through all my energy shields. So I, I just had this picture of, well, then put the shingles up. So I did. The shingles disappeared within a day. Completely wow. gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to clean out first. You don't want to keep the stuff trapped inside of you. So clean out first, you know, and then that's probably the strongest energetic you can use. And then on the inside, put whatever color you want. It's your place inside. Put pink for love. You know, if you want to magnetize money, put a little red. Um, you know, put a little yellow if you need to be clear thinking. Put a little green if you want to kind of do some physical healing for yourself. So, you know, you can put whatever color you want inside because that's your color. That's to help you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we've got tons more questions. Let's see. Uh, Ms. Lisa Jones from Australia. Thanks for being up, Lisa. We know. <laughs> this, yeah, it's hard. Guys, this is this is crazy because it's nine thirteen Eastern time. That's really early in the morning there. Um, hi, Mari and Cindy. I love it when listening uh, to the different aspects of energy and light workers. My question is: When my body is tingling, is that my awareness of the truth or my own issues to be aware of? Thanks, Lisa. That's a great question. Usually tingling is positive. Tingling usually means that your system, literally your your lymph system and your blood vessels are opening up because there's more uh, flow, because there's more qi, as they call it in the traditional Chinese medical system. You know, so tingling's a good sign. Wow. Good. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Judy from Shenandoah Often I'm easily defeated, lacking any energy like now. How can I restore my sense of purpose? God bless you, Cindy and Mari. Thank you. Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I would suggest that you're not actually lacking in energy. It's just that the energy is not rising up, you know, through your energetic system inside of your body so that you can actually use it. So when somebody's got that much kind of fatigue, exhaustion, no get up and go, you know, somebody else has gotten in and gotten out with your energy. So there's usually a puncture, you know, a leak in the physical energetic boundary, which is closest to you. And often down in the chakra system, these energetic uh, bodies that I talked about, probably between at, probably between the first and the second chakra. So between the hip and the abdomen, you know, it's probably where we're going to find the energetic wound that's getting reflected in the physical boundary. So usually those kind of wounds happen very early on, womb to six months, maybe up to two years, where we had to connect with a parent or somebody in our family and give them our energy in order to, uh, as an agreement, like a contract, in order for us to feel like they were going to take care of us and that we were going to survive. So we want to heal at that place. I would do a little bit of a regression, go back in time, or or write yourself a story. Like once upon a time, there was a, you know, a young girl who, you know, kind of when she was very little, this is what happened to her. So kind of get a sense of that time period in which it's probably apparent, to be really honest. You started kind of sharing your energy with. 
because either that parent is still getting it or other people are just substituting themselves in that place. And so we just recreate that pattern. Um, so that's how I would work with it. And, you know, I find sometimes information heals. So sometimes just kind of talking about some of these issues starts a healing pro- process itself. Wonderful. Great. I love this next question. This is from Anna in New York. How do you keep your energetic fields clean throughout the day living in a major city and in an intense work environment? Do you have to clean and reset often throughout the day, and how do you stay clean? And she put clean in quotes. That's a great question, isn't it? Great question, yep. It's a great question. Well, you know, let me give you one more technique that I use pretty universally that's terrific. A number of healers I've studied who I've really admired all reduce healing to kind of one core concept, though they say it differently. One particular gentleman, uh, Bruno Groning, who died in like 1959, said that he knew people were going to heal when they were, he was able to connect them to what he called streams of grace that are absolutely everywhere. They're like beams of light, great big, awesome, may, you know, maypole, um, you know, kind of, kind of currents. They're wonderful streams of energy that are always present, but because of our worthiness issues, you know, or our, 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 our training, our upbringing, you know, kind of what we've gone through, we don't recognize that there is grace available, that there's healing available, you know, and so we don't even know how to let it in. Or if we do think there's a, there's a key, there's a, there's a gift for us, you know, we may, you know, kind of trigger some of our worthiness or deservedness issues and, it, you know, just not really let it in even if we say we're going to. That's my setup to say the way you get through the day, you get up in the morning, you ask the divine, your guides, your higher self to grab for you the healing stream of grace that you need for that day. You plug it into the very top of your energy system, which is, you know, a good five feet above you, if not eight feet above you. Just kind of picture it and feel it going on there. And that stream of grace, think of it as kind of like a, you know, a, a, a garden hose of light will literally just keep flooding you with the different kinds of energies that you need, no matter what it is that you need as the day goes on. So it's kind of an automatic when you do that. I I do it every morning. Um, you know, I could probably do it once and then it's there for the rest of my life. But I like the ritual because it puts me in touch with my higher power. You know, it helps me kind of affirm the day. You know, it's a moment when I can get centered and meditative before I'm off and running. Fabulous. Love that. And you don't have to be in New York, everybody, for that to work. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think there's a whole lot of places that would be a really good idea. Okay, so we actually have a guy. Love them. Hi, Mike, (laughs) from Annapolis. He says, I've had many positive readings that have revealed a lot about self-discovery and very positive and happy future events for me, but I'm getting a little frustrated because I'm trying to relax, meditate, and keeping my energy open, but nothing seems to be happening for these great changes. And I am I doing something energetically wrong? And what should I be be doing? Love you guys. 
Oh, it's a great question. You know, and people often get really frustrated because they're open, they do their work, they, you know, look at their issues, they do their affirmations, and it's kind of like, it's like hurry up and wait, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes what's happening with that is there's something I call a lock on the energetic field. It might be on one field, two, three, or four fields, but it's a lock. In in some esoteric circles, they're called miasms. They're they're kind of like um, like cages that you, you know that just stay around us no matter what we do. They're contraptions that we're locked within. And you know, I just this week helped two or three people with something like this. And you don't have to do a big rigmarole around this. Just knowing that you might be trapped in one of these cages or miasms or locks is usually enough to sit down and say, "Okay, divine, you know what? Unlock it and take it off." Just the same way as if you're a canary in a cage. You know, you can take the canary out of the cage, or you can take the cage off of the canary. You want to just imagine the cage getting taken off of you. That's what. That's probably what's what's happening here is what if you want to call it the family system you know is still kind of infiltrating in the energetic body and so you know you can do all the work you want but it's it's setting up you know kind of a procedure and a protocol and keeping you in a rut um that you can't even you know kind of you can't get out of because it's like a contraption so ask for the lock or the contraption whatever word you like to just be taken off and dismantled these healing streams of grace i just talked about what i do when i take something out of the body whether it's something like that lock or what we call cords you know or connections to other people you know or or if i want to kind of fill in a hole in an energy system where I'm leaking from is I ask the divine to put in the right healing streams of grace because anytime you're releasing energy you've got to add energy or you'll just get a repetitive pattern so take the lock off just ask the divine to do it that's that's you know that's what your helpers are for too and um, ask for the right healing stream of grace to kind of fix uh, and fill in fabulous this is amazing. Uh, this is a really good question. Janet Daniels from Salt Lake City. I have a couple of friends who are on the negative side and are always complaining about something. I find myself being pulled into a negative place or just fed up with them. How do I set my boundaries with them energetically? Oh, isn't that that's, a big one? That's, that the, best, one's that's the best huge. one. <laughs> You know, and isn't it tough? I mean, I'll tell you, I have a mother like that, you know, so Mm -hmm. I just talk with her on the phone, even though she lives just a mile away. (laughs) So, but, but I do mean this. I mean, negative energy can spiral in through any of the four fields. When they're friends or family, it tends to be more through the relational field, you know, the one that's the third field out. And so what you want to do is pump up that field. Wear green, use green stones, ask for a guide to be present. I mean, I work a lot with my guides. I don't, I always go to God first. I say, God, give me the guides that I need for this situation or this event. Give me the words that I need to say. I do spirit, spirit, the technique that I talked about. If I'm going to be around somebody like this, I affirm my spirit, their spirits call in the greater spirit and all the helpers that that greater spirit can send. And, you know, and and usually, you know, I'm able to really kind of stay in a positive place. The other persons involved might get irritated or mad, you know, or something might happen so that they don't show up when they're supposed to. So all kinds of, um, you know, events can happen that can help you, um, you know, when you go spirit, spirit with a situation. 
And, you know, so, so I usually work with that relational field. I find that that's the most important one to concentrate on. But sometimes when there are people who are really close to you or you're related to, that physical field is the one, you know, kind of that capsizes, and their energy literally comes into your body. You could find yourself sick. I mean, literally physically sick if you get around that much negativity. And so I really often do at that point recommend trying not to see them as much, being more separated, doing emails. I mean, if you're really vulnerable, just don't don't physically get in somebody's presence until you feel like you can handle it. Um, because negative energy can literally cause an illness. Um, I've had people with cancer, and the cancer's disappeared, um, you know, because they've been living with somebody who's really negative. They didn't have to necessarily leave the house, but they needed to distance themselves, maybe move to a different room if that was a husband or a wife, uh, wear much more protective clothing, um, you know, hold certain kind of rocks, you know, bring in more guidance. The gold color, by the way, for any of you listening, is the most powerful. To visualize gold coming through your field is going to completely and absolutely protect you almost instantly. It will also enforce what needs to happen. Like It's almost like calling God in the scene, and God's just going to make what happened that's supposed to happen happen. So it's a very powerful energy and you don't really, you, you, you don't really know the outcome when you use it. It's always going to be for the best, but it can be pretty strong. So if you're really feeling kind of endangered by the negativity, bring gold through your field. Just visualize it. Wow. Well, we have about four minutes, believe it or not. Oh my gosh. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It feels like we've just been doing this for five minutes. I mean, it's amazing the amount of tools and um, information you're giving. So I want to um, take one more question and then let everybody know your website and stuff so they know where they can get your books and stuff. Um, Ruth Morton from Austin, Minnesota asks, sight is the part of the body that uses light and I have a rare, con- rare eye condition and I'm wondering what this is connected to. What am I supposed to be learning from this and how is it reflecting my energy? And we have like a minute and a half, two minutes. Wonderful question. <laughs> I would work chakra rise on what's called the, the sixth chakra. It's the third eye. It's in the forehead. It's connected to the pituitary gland. And often visual kinds of issues have to do with self-image, how we see ourselves. You know the healing? Can you see yourself the way the divine sees you? That's the ultimate question to ask when we're dealing with any that anything that has to do with vision, self-image, um, working with light, uh, you know, any uh, clairvoyance. That's the question to ask. Beautiful. Thank you. So you have some wonderful free gifts. So I know everybody knows what those are already because they've been downloading like crazy while we've been on the, on Absolutely. the show. Absolutely. <laughs> Avail yourself of the free gifts. I mean, that's what they're for. I have a I have a website you can certainly visit yes. and check out some of my classes. I have a really cool apprenticeship program. You know, the only thing to remember is my name is spelled a little funny, but Mari, you have it on your site anyway. Yes. You know, which is just cindydale.com and it's c y n d i d a l e dot com. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And I I just want to say thank you so much. Tonight has been 
just I mean it's just amazing just astounding how much information you've given and how many amazing tips and uh, I love the pink flannel for the computers and I love the, the black tea bath and the, the red for the money because you know a lot of people burn green candles for money and you're saying red is the, the I'd color say go for red them. go with rubies go with red mm-hmm. fabulous and everybody wants a little bit of money in this time right the absolutely the cash. more yep the happier mm-hmm. You have anything else? I know we have about two minutes before I wrap. Do you have any any closing remarks about 2012 or any kind of guidance that you'd like to provide? You know, I would go back to our discussion about light and dark. And you know, yes, there's dark, there's turbulence, there's challenges. You know, the the change doesn't happen without an old order breaking down. I read a great book um, years and years ago that was all about these kind of concepts about what, oh, you know, what's scary about this world and how scary it is when there's change and transformation. And he pointed out that, you know, when we've outgrown a structure, the structure has to fall apart for us to put together a new structure. Mm -hmm. You know, when we've outgrown one paradigm, we have to push beyond the horizon that, you know, we've been looking at. We have to we have to push to the limits in order for ourselves to get bigger, to do more, to, you know, to be the people that we're really able to be. And so I greet what's happening with enthusiasm, with an eagerness, with, you know, with that sense of waking up and going, gosh, what do I get to learn today? What do I get to be shown today? And sometimes I even go, "What? Who do I get to be today? Which of which of the many me's inside <laughs> mm-hmm. am I going to get to practice?" Um, so you know, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about everything that's 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 coming up. And um, you know, I think I I I think it really is all about light. So I think it's a wonderful way that you started our time together, Mari, is talking about the joy. Yes, we need the protection and the boundaries. You know, but we need to keep our eye, our sight, our vision on the goodness that's ever unfolding, too. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you so much Thank for being you. here. Thank you. Bless you, too. And you have to come back on the radio show. We're going to book you for January. Absolutely. We've got to start the new I'm year. On. Okay. I'm on. I'm in. Thank you. Have fun. Learn yes. about those crystals tomorrow night, everyone. It's going to be perfect with this. Follow yes. on. Perfect. Well, everybody, that brings us to another ending of our evening. And you know my motto, you you truly have what you want and you deserve it too. We'll see you tomorrow night. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. The conference is now completed. Goodbye.